It's hard to imagine now, but a long, long time ago, before COVID, many businesses had a candy dish for patrons, filled with mints or lollipops or whatever. And tagging along with mom and dad on errands was fun because there was a good chance of getting a treat. After getting a piece of candy from the clerk, mom and dad would ask one of the fundamental parenting questions, one that we've all heard from our own parents a million times. Now, what do you say? And if you wanted to keep that lollipop or circus peanut or whatever you were given, you would say, thank you. Now, it seemed kind of silly at the time, but mom and dad were really trying to prepare us, I think, to live lives of gratitude. Saying thanks for a 10-cent lollipop can have positive consequences on one's life down the road, can help us take note of the many unexpected kindnesses that we receive without our earning or deserving. There's more to gratitude, however, than being thankful for unexpected gifts. It's a good start, to be sure, but how often are we grateful for the everyday blessings we receive from God? In Luther's explanation to the first article of the Apostles' Creed, he names many of these everyday mundane blessings, blessings that we take for granted because they're consistently present, blessings that we easily overlook because of our desire for more, because of our scarcity mindset. There's an apocryphal story about standard oil tycoon John D. Rockefeller. Rockefeller, who had a net worth of about $1.4 billion at the time of his death, about $26 billion today, was asked by a reporter, how much money is enough money? To which Rockefeller is said to have responded, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. You don't have to be a billionaire to fall into this way of thinking. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more for home improvements. Just a little bit more for a vacation home. Just a little bit more for your child or grandchild's education. Just a little bit more for a new car or boat. Just a little bit more to get out of debt. Just a little bit more will be enough, we tell ourselves. And it never is. Instead of succumbing to the just a little bit more mindset, Luther would have us look at what our Heavenly Father already gives us without our asking or deserving. First, there's our very existence. There's our very existence. God has created me, Luther says, along with all creatures. We are part of God's patchwork quilt of creation, an integral part of the whole. We are created out of nothing but God's sheer love for us. But we don't just exist. Along with our existence, God gives us our physical and mental abilities. Imagine life for a moment. Imagine life without being able to eat, drink, or go to the bathroom. Or imagine life without the ability to speak or think it's not exactly pleasant, is it? It's not much of a life, is it? 
These basic qualities, these basic abilities enhance the quality of our lives. And to these basic everyday gifts, these blessings that we overlook because they're always with us, God gives us everything we need for our earthly existence. And I love this list. I love this list that Luther has because it's extensive, it's specific, and it's inclusive. It doesn't... There are, Luther puts at the end all the necessities and nourishments for this life. Let's, let's look at it. God daily and pro- abundantly provides shoes and clothing, food and drink, house and home, spouse and children, fields, livestock, and all property, along with all the necessities and nourishment for this body and life. You'll, sometimes you'll hear a pastor say, if you want for prayers, get specific. It's good to get specific with your prayers. This is kind of what Luther does here in his explanation to the creed. He gets specific, but he, he isn't exclusive. There are so many other things that are needful for this life. Now, even though most of us don't have fields and livestock anymore, the list is on point. God gives us everything we need and much of what we want. God's gifts overflow. It's important to note that this is not a systematic statement on how or why God gives. Luther is not interested here in going down the rabbit hole of why God seems to give more to some than others. That's an important question, to be sure. And the answer to that question probably points to our sinful tendency to want, again, just a little bit more. But that's beyond the scope of what Luther's doing here. The statement in the Catechism encourages us to be aware of what God has done for us personally. This is a personal statement without comparison or contrast with anyone else. What would be on your list? What has God done for you? What has God given you? What blessings do you receive every day, often without your notice? Here is a list of mine that just, I'm sure, barely scratches the surface. God has given me all my physical and mental abilities, a vocation, an education, parents and siblings, a beautiful and capable wife, an amazing daughter, a house, a good call, a good community, citizenship in this nation, on this planet. In addition to these, I've been given musical talents, abilities to teach, preach, and write, a highly competent staff, and a well-functioning council. You heard me, a well-functioning council. Most of the time. (laughs) Just kidding. this This is a good congregation to be in and a good community to be in. And over and above all of these amazing gifts, I've been given the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. Every day is a new chance to live my life in his service and to his glory. When we are grateful for God's ongoing gifts, our hearts are in the right place to pursue what really matters. God's kingdom and God's righteousness, as Jesus says in our gospel reading today. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. When Jesus talks about God's righteousness, he's using the word in a much more expansive sense than we're used to hearing in English. When we hear the word righteous, it's often paired with anger these days. One has righteous indignation or righteous anger. Now, righteous anger is all over the Bible, and Jesus does cleanse the temple. That is a good example of righteous anger, but that's not the only meaning of it. And besides, in this age of where everybody seems to be outraged all the time, it's kind of an exhausting way to look at that word. It's a, it's a limiting way to look at that word. The word righteous or righteousness is much about much more than moral indignation. Righteousness refers to God's very goodness, God's very love for you and me and for all that exists. Jesus' call is for us to pursue that nature, that, that God's goodness, God's love. Trusting that God will indeed give it to us. will implant that love and goodness within us along with every other good gift. Why is God so generous then? Simple answer is that, well, again, it's with God's nature. God is, God's righteousness is, is showing God's love and goodness towards us. The simple answer is that God loves us, basically. When it all comes down to it, you just say, God loves me, that's why. But there's a further point to this generosity. We might even call it an agenda, despite the negative connotations of that term. God's agenda in being so generous, especially God's generosity in Christ, is to make us into who we were meant to be. Nothing more and nothing less. To make us even more fully human than we already are. More fully in accord with our Creator's will and ways. More generous ourselves. To realize that what God has given us is truly enough and, in fact, more than enough. We're freed from this just a little bit more mindset and for our neighbor. Like the cup in Psalm 23, all of God's gifts to us overflow to make us grateful and generous people in the image of Christ. People with new life in Christ, which is the greatest gift of all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, everything we are and everything we have come from your hand alone. Help us be aware of every blessing so that we can be generous and grateful people who always know they have more than enough. Remind us, too, that the end of all of these gifts is salvation, eternal life and joy in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.